Beast OCR proudly presents BeastNet Podcast, sponsored in part by GH Under's Performance Base Layers and supported by the OCR community. Here we discuss all things OCR related. Welcome to BeastNet. Hey everybody, Mike here with Patrick Olson. How you doing, Patrick? You know, I can't complain. I mean, I could, but nobody's going to listen anyway, sure, right? But we're all listening. That's what you're here for. <laughs> Oh, well, then, where should I start on my complaining, then? <laughs> Just kidding. I don't know. I mean, it's definitely not your looks. I mean, because you're, you're a sexy man, so. Well, yeah, Ted threw that, that ginger, nice little so. photo of me of the, the, the barbed wire crawl up on the, up on the, the old Facebook. <laughs> I still haven't yeah, I downloaded my photos yet from. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I wonder if one. Ted actually works at all or if he just. I don't think on so. the internet 24-7. Yeah. There's been a few debates on that. Yeah. Because he's, he's <laughs> like, it's weird. I mean, there's times like I post things and because I, I, I'm, I don't sleep well. I've never been a good sleeper. So there's been times it's like 2 o'clock in the morning on a Wednesday and I'm just awake. So I'm looking at Facebook and I'll see something in post be like, oh, this is kind of funny. Like two seconds later, Ted commented on your post. What? <laughs> I wonder if he has it like automatically set up to do that to <laughs> some some I think so. bot that's that posted awesome. and commenting everything find, for him. <laughs> I need to find that bot just to mess with people. So you already get the ones where you get people like mad at you because the like messenger tells you when somebody's active or not active, where it's never correct. I mean, if you're yeah. active and you just kind of turn off your phone, but the <laughs> the app is still like active on your phone. Even if it's in the background, yeah, it tells still you that you're, that you're, right you're there. Yeah. yeah, so I get people all the time. I, I sent you a message two hours ago. It said you've been active the whole time and you've been ignoring me. I'm like, no, I was napping. <laughs> so I wasn't ignoring you. I was, I was just staring at the back of my eyelids. Yeah. I wasn't ignoring you. I was playing pool on my phone. Leave me alone. <laughs> no. Excuse me. I got I like a little frog in my throat, so I'll be. Yeah, a little coffee sticker every now and then. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, it happens. I've heard a few people came back from Montana with a little bit of crud, so, yeah. Yeah, so, I, didn't, I didn't get the crud, but I just got, got a little something-something little back there. I've heard a few people, like, every year every, I, I see someone post that they came back from Montana with crud, and I'm like, I have never come back from Montana with, like, anything besides pain, but, I mean... I wonder so, if it's the dunk wall or if it's the ball shrinker or I don't oh know. yeah it could be any of those because I know like last year you know this year I missed it last year I've even commented that last year was the first time I literally like my anxiety got so bad I had to actually skip the dunk wall because it was so nasty like I got down into that water and I looked down and I could see like bugs and stuff swimming in the water and I'm like nope well, there's your problem. You look. Don't oh. look. Just go. And <laughs> then, then you don't know any better. That's <laughs> Ignorance is bliss, I tell her baby. Every night. <laughs> That's what I tell her every night, but she doesn't listen. <laughs> oh. So, now that we've got the everyone freaked out about what is this conversation going, um, <laughs> We'll 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 make a correct a, a course correction here. Get back on track before we make a hard left. We'll, we'll get on track for 
for a short, a short time, but this is me and Patrick. Staying on track is, is a difficult thing to do. So <laughs> Find something shiny and run after it. <laughs> Pretty much squirrel. Um, one thing I, I know both of us, you know, have the, the, the winter hump that we have to get over. What helps you with that? Um, I know we're going into summer now, but winter just ended, you know, well, what helps you get over that, that hump? I know I have issues that the winter is my worst. Cause all of a sudden there's no races. I don't have anything to look forward to. And it's like, uh, I could just sit on the couch now. And I really shouldn't be doing that. Oh uh, yeah, the you, winter you months are thing. always the worst because yeah. yeah, I mean you get it's dark when you get up, it's dark when you get home from work, yeah. and then you're kind of like, well, I don't really want to go for a run out in the dark and the cold and the wet and the rain, um, you know. Yeah. But you just got to, you know, and that's that's what I always tell myself, you know, if you want to stay even halfway competitive, you know, in, in the age group or, uh, you know, even keep your pace, you know, you got to put in the miles and you got to put in the work. But if you're going to sit out the whole winter and do nothing, you're going to suffer come race season. And then you're going to be like, man, why do I suck so bad? Why am I not having the performance that I want to have is because you didn't train in the off season. Um, one of the things that keeps me, motivated, I guess, or going is just that fact right there that, you know, if I don't put in the work now, it's not going to pay off later. And I want it to, I want to be competitive during the season. Yeah. Trust me. I'm, I, I was, I love being lazy. I love being lazy. I am a top notch lazy person when I need to be, but you know, I also have to tell myself, all right, lazy, butt, get off the couch. Let's go do something. Yeah, but yeah, getting through, really bad getting through the though. funk. Yeah, getting getting through that funk of of you know the cloudiness of the winter months and whatnot. I I just I just gotta remind myself, hey, you need to do this stuff. You need to you need to get out there. You need to run. You need to go to the gym. You need to work out. You need to try to push yourself a little harder in the off season because you're not going to have the races. So even if you do injure yourself in the off season, you got a little bit of time to recover before you start getting back into race season. And you can also also train a little bit more too, before you get back into it. So I, yeah. it's just a mental thing for me, you know, and I, I think that's the way it is for a lot of people too, is this mental. And I mean, frankly, you just got to get out of your own damn way and put one foot in front of the other. See, and that's what my biggest problem is, is getting out of my own damn way. I mean, I always have, my problem is they always, I'm not good at the pacing myself. I'm pretty much, it's like go and nothing. So I end up doing something right. stupid and hurting myself. Like I have at a couple races and I keep going, I finish the race and then I don't give myself that time. And then I get that in my head that, okay, I'm going to, you know, after the race in Seattle, I'm like, I need to give myself, you know, a month to really let my body heal. And then all of a sudden it's like February and I'm like, oh, and that was like four months. Oops. So Oops. Yeah. <laughs> that's where I run into a problem. Once I get out of the habits, it's really hard for me to get back into. It's like, you know, I've talked before yeah. where I lost, you know, you know, 10 years ago, I lost a hundred pounds, but it was one of those, sure. I was in habit. I had habits and my habits were every day at 1130. I would leave my desk and I would go downstairs in our basement at work 
and I would either run on the treadmill, the elliptical, or the bike for 45 minutes. And then I would take a shower, and I would grab a sand- make a sandwich, and I'd go back to my desk. So I had that, you know, and if I didn't do that on one day, I felt wrong. So I had that habit of I did that. That's just what I did. And then once I got hurt way and back that's, then, that's that exactly what it is. Is is you got to create you got to create those habits. You got to create those patterns and get into a routine. As mundane and boring as it sounds, if you if you have that routine and you have that habit, you're going to have good things come out of it. If you're just kind of sporadic and just kind of winging it, and uh, you're just not going to have the results that you want. And I mean, even even me, you know, I I kind of winged it over the winter. You know, it was just kind of like, eh, whatever. You know, I'll run a little bit here, I'll run a little bit there. I'll do some of this, I'll do some of that. And then uh, in February, I had a 50k a, a trail run that I did, and boy, I suffered big time. I did not have the miles on my legs that I needed going into that race. Um, and it was a it was two laps around Hag Lake out in Forest Grove. And it's a, yeah. it's, you know, 13 miles around the, around the lake. And then there was like a two or three mile out back that we did on the first lap. So the first lap, nothing felt funky or weird, you know, came in and after the first lap, it was kind of like, eh, this sucks. I really should have trained a little bit more for it. And then about halfway mm-hmm. into the second lap, uh, the back of my right knee started aching and paining and all this. I'm like, oh, that's weird. You know, just kept on kind of trucking with it. But then very quickly it got to the point where I couldn't run anymore. It, it physically hurt too much to run. I could still walk. It wasn't yeah. comfortable to walk, but there was just absolutely no running. And I, I attest all of that to um, lack of training, lack of structure, uh, and just lack of miles that I had on my legs. And that all comes from just kind of winging it saying, eh, I'll figure it out. It's all right. No big deal. Yeah. So that was a, a rude I had, slap I had in the same issue. I had that same issue. I know when I lost all the weight last time, one thing that I, I don't know if I told a lot of people was when I lost all that weight, I did exactly what I said. I went down into the, the basement, ran on a treadmill, ran on an elliptical, and used an exercise bike for nine months. And it was probably close. might have been closer to the a year. But I lost about 100 pounds. I mean, it was mm-hmm. constant. I changed my diet. Everything did what I wanted, wanted to do. I made the mistake about eight months into this, I decided I'm going to do my first, like, 5K. I run more than five, three miles every day, so I'll be fine. If you spend mm-hmm. all your time running on an elliptical or a treadmill, you're in for a rude awakening when you suddenly go out and run on a trail. Yeah. Yeah, especially because trail running. Leg, um, you know, I, I do mostly, uh, like, perfect. road running. Um just because I get I get up at you know four o'clock in the morning to go run because I'd much rather run yeah. in the cold in the the dark of the morning than the heat of the afternoon. And where I live, dude, my biggest elevation gain is getting on and off the curb. You know, I mean, <laughs> it's it is flat where I live. Um, I got to drive like forty five minutes, half an hour to get to a hill, and uh, so. Yeah. Most of my running is just flat pavement running, and you know I went out on this trail, which was up and down, left and right, uh, rolling, and all this sort of jazz. And yeah, it put a put a big old strain on my body going into that sucker. And I'm just now yeah. starting to get to the point where I don't feel any pain behind my knee, which is awesome. It feels great, but 
boy, what a what a lesson learned there. And yeah, and that's the thing. It's definitely a lesson learned. That was one thing I learned on that one was train for what you're going to do. So if you're training on the treadmill and everything yeah. like that, yeah, that better be what you're going to do. I mean, I'm not saying don't ever use a treadmill, but I'm saying you need to go outside too. And that was my biggest issue. Is, I mean, oh, training definitely. just on a treadmill on the elliptical, my body wasn't used to that impact. And the race that I did, it was a mix of it, it was at a park, but it, it's a wildlife park. So there was trail, but there was also a lot of sidewalk. But it wasn't like wasn't real sidewalk. It was asphalt sidewalk. So it was really like not very flat, kind of wavy. So it was more of a trail, but with the impact of asphalt. So mm-hmm. I actually amazingly, <laughs> if you can believe this, from the impact of running that, and I did it. I was I was happy with my time. I finished in like twenty six or twenty seven minutes, but in that time. I actually dislocated a rib from the impact of Oof. running and not getting into it. So, and yeah, if anyone's ever done that, the pavement so hard. Yeah. If anyone's ever done that, it sucks. Well, I have one rib that, like, years ago I was in a car accident, and when I hit, I tore all the cartilage that pretty much holds your rib in place. So, every oh, once so in a while, it's your running, rib now. <laughs> Yeah, so every once in a while if I'm running, actually, even if I'm just sitting there, like, with my arms outstretched, like, on the, like, the back of the couch for too long, it'll kind of come out. But this time, usually it'll just pop back in. That time it actually dislocated so bad I had to, like, go to a chiropractor and get it put back. So, Oof. which is no fun. No. So definitely, you know, you want to train uh, for what treadmill. you're going to do and train good. Yeah, I mean, tra- treadmill running uh, is not terrible. Um, I am a slacker when it comes to speed work. I hate doing speed work. Yeah. I hate doing, you know, 200 repeats. I hate doing 400 repeats. They're just so boring to me. But if I'm on a treadmill, I can at least set it and go and then, all right, fine. Now we're backing off a little bit. Okay, now we're back up. You know, I'll do a quarter mile sprint or half mile sprint and then a, a quarter mile cool down, you know, and I'll do four or five mm-hmm. reps of that on a treadmill all day long over going to the track and actually sprinting two laps around the track and then jogging one lap. You know, it's like, to to me, it's a lot easier to do that type of work on the treadmill than it is to go to the track and actually run it. Um, one of the things I haven't tried doing yet is uh, something called fart lick running. And yes, it, it's fart lick, like you are licking a fart, um, but <laughs> fart lick training. Um, it's basically just um, uh, running in intervals, but they're not set in or distance. It's like if you're out just kind of running running the streets, um, you know, say, okay, I'm just going to sprint to this next light pole. And then you sprint to that light pole, but then you keep your normal pace after you reach the end of that. And then maybe you go a little bit longer yeah. the next time. It's just very random distances, very random times. Um, you just kind of say, okay, I'm going to run to this point and then go. My problem is, is uh, I would go, yeah, I'm going to run to this next driveway. Oh, I'm there. Cool. Great. All right. Now let's go on to the next one. I'm a very lazy runner. Uh, even though I'm kind of quick, yeah. I'm kind of lazy when it, when it comes to, to running. I don't want to put forth any more energy yeah, than I need I to, to get the results I want. That's that's me. And see, that was one thing when I when I was running and doing a lot of that. Once I started doing, once I did that first 5K and realized, okay, I need to train outside 
along with the treadmill. I mean, treadmills are great for that occasional, I can't get outside, whatever. They're, they're a good part of your workout. It should not be the only part. But I had a partner that I'd go run with, right. and outside, and when I was running with her outside, she was really good about pointing out, like, we'd be going along, and I'd be kind of slowing down a little bit because I'm tiring, and she'd be like, okay, let's run to that stop sign. And all of a sudden, yeah. if I had that like that visual of like, okay, I've only got to run as far as that, I'm good. It, it gives you, I don't know why, it's like a mental thing where it changes like all of a sudden. Normally, I wouldn't be, if you just told me to sprint until I couldn't sprint anymore, I might make it halfway to that stop line. But if you tell me, right, okay, because you're, you're in your head and you're, you're thinking about it. Yeah. 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 You have to go to that stop sign and you're like, okay, fine. And you run to the stop sign and you're like, okay, cool. And then you kind of go back to your old pay, your, your your normal pace again. Then they're like, okay, now let's sprint to that one. And you just do that. It's like interval training, but like you said, it's it's random and and whatever. So it's yeah. No, I definitely enjoyed that when I ran. The, the best thing to, to do is, is to get like get into a field and do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The best thing to do is get into a field and and get like a group of you together and everybody run and maybe one person's you know random. At random, somebody will say now, and you go, and then at random, they'll say stop, and then you stop. But also work on like cutting and moving away from people. And because if you had a field, and let's say you had a soccer field or half a soccer field, and you got 15 people running around, you're going to have to dodge each mm-hmm. other, you know, and that kind of helps those stabilizer muscles and uh, your, your neuroplasticity for targeting those muscles and getting them to fire when they need to fire so you don't run into each other. Uh, but I mean, that's, that could, it's basically like a, a, a group version of tag without tagging anybody, but one person is it and that's they can cool. say go and stop. And then you're, you're just kind of running around a field like big kids again. Yeah. <laughs> and see, I like that kind of stuff. And that's one of the things that, you know, I think I really missed in like my running was, you know, I, I ran the treadmill a lot right now. I'm trying to get back into the running, you know, with the foot injury and, you know, other issues. And is that the side to side motion, everything else. And when I ran on the treadmill and once I started doing trail runs, all of a sudden it was like, okay, my ankles don't work right because I'm not used to stepping on anything that's uneven. Everything I step on is a right. treadmill or an elliptical, so your ankles don't really get strengthened because there's nothing to side to side moment m- movement, nothing like that. So it took a long time, even after I lost that weight, to get good at running on the you know street and stuff like that, because of you know I spent so much time on a, a treadmill, which was great to lose the weight, but then you know it, it taught me that okay, I need to. I need to change my training so that I'm also getting other parts of my legs good and working good because right now I'm used to running on a treadmill and get whatever, you know, whatever angle I put it at and then I just go and it's flat. It's not twisting. It's not turning. It's not doing anything weird that's trying to get those other muscles going and stuff like that you're talking about. With like well, they do, have the, uh, they do have the random setting on there. They've got that random setting that you can use, so it will randomly go up down in the hills. But it doesn't go left or right. You know, it doesn't pitch or yaw. Yeah, but it doesn't do that, yeah. So. Yeah. And that's kind of it, like you were talking about, when you're almost doing a tag. You know, it's not really tag, but kind of, is you still have those quick movements to the right and left that change those muscles. That was one thing, like, after I blew my knee the first time when I was in my 20s, you know, I played a lot of tennis and racquetball beforehand. 
And mm-hmm. after that, I couldn't really, I never really played tennis or racquetball because I was worried about that quick movement to the left or right and stopping and whether or not my knee would be able to do it. You know, and that was kind of my, right. that was one of the things I really miss is that kind of stuff is playing racquetball, playing tennis. They were great, great, you know, cardio workouts and also great workouts for getting your legs into different movements because you're bouncing off to the side you know, to the left and the right, and you're stopping yourself and moving quickly. And I really like those quick movement, you know, drills that you don't get in running. So, you know, it's just, it's a different movement, a different muscle, really. Yeah. And you got to incorporate those into your workouts too. Otherwise you just, uh, you know, you're just asking for problems. You're asking for, for pain and you're asking for injuries. Uh, You got to work out the, the speed and agility and quickness workouts as well as you know working on just flat out running you know getting out there and pounding the pavement or finding trails uh one of the things i'm trying to do now is find more more and more trails to run i mean we live i live down in the portland area and there's just an abundance of trails and i really have no excuse for not going and running more of them um yeah there's a, a big uh trail system called forest park up in the, the portland area I've lived here my whole life. I've never ran up there. I have never ran in Forest Park. And that's probably going to be sounding like blasphemy to all my Portland running these, but I've never gone up there to run. I've never ran any of the trails up there. Um, you know, there's a, a group of the, the, the beasts that will go do the BPA road, which is part of that, that whole trail system. I've never been up there. I couldn't even drive to it if you asked me to. I mean, Google might take me there, but I haven't got a clue where it is. So. Uh, that's one of Google my goals this summer is to get out and run more of the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was one of my goals this summer is to get out and run more and more trails. Cause it does, it's stable, you know, it's working all those stabilizer muscles in your ankles, your feet, your calves, your legs, your hips, all that stuff. It's working all of that out together. Um, which is, which is really important so that you're not injuring yourself midway through the season yeah. and then you're done, you know, midway through and you get an injury you're basically down for, you know, six to eight weeks and then you're not having any more races. Yeah. No, so working, those, thing. working those stabilizers and the little muscles are always, always important just as much as getting out and just work running or lifting weights or whatnot. You got to work all those stabilizers. Otherwise you're not going to be able to uh, carry that load. If you're weightlifting or if uh, you're running, you're not going to be able to, handle the trails and the undulations as well. Oh, no, I agree. I mean, that's one thing that's been nice this winter. Uh, Don, some of the, the beasts have met him now. He's been, I, I've known Don. He, he did Seattle with me. Um, he did Montana with uh, Serena. and No, was it with Serena? No, he was with Jody in, in, in Montana. Um, apparently, I was with Serena on my on a picture on her chest, which was kind of flattering, but also also a little weird. But um, <laughs> I, I don't know if that was the weirdest but, uh, part or the part that Justin had your picture as well. That was Justin was very proud yeah. that he had your picture. He's like, "I've Mike's coming to Montana with us," because I rode out with with, uh, with Justin. <laughs> he's like, "Mike's coming with us." It was, yeah, it was a little disturbing at three o'clock in the morning. He's just whipping this picture of you, and like, he's coming with us. <laughs> Yeah, that, which is awesome. I mean, I love my team for the fact that they did that for me, but I really wish I was there. But it's Montana's Montana's bittersweet for me. You know as well as I do. I've been hurt there almost every year for the last three years. 
some yeah. way because of my yeah. own my own mistakes in training. So that's one thing I was hoping this year I I would get over that. But like I was saying, Don, uh, he's been basically making me get up every Saturday morning, except for a couple, and going walking with him. And usually when we go for walks, it's not like, you know, most people go for a walk for like a mile or so. No, it's like six or seven miles. You know, we're trying to get better at our pace and, you know, throw some hills in there and, and whatever. So that's been my, that was my winter of trying to get better. But my biggest problem was, is that was my only, I didn't add anything on to that. And I should have, I should have added more to it. I should have been doing that with him on Saturdays and then doing other things myself throughout the week. I did a little bit of swimming here and there, but you know how it is. I always find an excuse not to go. So I I need to, I need to work on that part of it. My motivation of doing it. So, because I've got one, I've got a full marathon in four weeks that I'm going to die. Four weeks. Um, Yeah. June 9th. Holy moly. Full marathon in four weeks. Four weeks. Yeah. Yep. Yep. June 9th. Oh, boy. So. Oh, boy. Yeah. That I'm not completely ready for. So, uh, but I mean, you know, the one thing is everyone keeps telling me at least it's downhill. And apparently it's supposed to be one of the second fastest ones you can do because it's all downhill. But anybody who has bad knees knows that all downhill is not exactly a good thing. So it's great for keeping you going, but it's not so good on the knees. So. That'll right. be interesting, um, but I'm going to get there. I need to get ready. I, I, I'm putting together in my brain and trying to write out a – because for those that don't know, I just had surgery a week and a half ago, so I can't – I'm not supposed to lift anything or do anything too much for four weeks, so literally the week I'm supposed to be released the full whatever, I can – I'm doing a marathon because I'm brilliant, but <laughs> – <laughs> Oh, I've been amazing. trying to kind of put together a, yeah, a training plan in my brain so that – because really after that, I don't have anything until uh, Washougal in August. So I want to try and get to where when I show up at Washougal that I'm in better shape and I'm ready to do it because I've got Washougal and then I fly out literally that Monday. I fly out for Hawaii. And then the very next weekend I can watch I mean, the, the, the time between – the time between now and Washougal is is a, a better time frame than between now and four weeks to do a marathon. You know, between now and yeah. Washougal, you know, Washougal is in August. So that's, you know, yeah. four months or whatever. Yeah, four months away. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, so six months. That five, one. Three I'm, months away. Anyway. Three months. That it's one, it's a like, lot okay, easier to plan for that one than it is the marathon. Yeah. The marathon I'm, is pretty much I'm just going to die. I've pretty much come to that point. I'm going to see if I can find some of those woolies that they used to have and just roll my, my fat butt down the hill. But you know what I'm talking about, the little things with the rolls on the back of your shoe. But Yeah, yeah, the little heelys. The I think trail, what they were called. Yeah, there, here we go. Heelys, yeah. I might need bigger wheels because I think it's a trail, but whatever. We'll figure it out. So, Or I'll just like lay down <laughs> and donk and just like kick me down the hill. So I can just roll. <laughs> But give you a, it'll be give you a little ass, foot so. wedge every now and then. Here you go, down the hill you go, a yep. little foot kick. Down there you go. Yep. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. Like I said, I'm not always I'm not known for my good planning. So 
anyone who's known me or listened to this podcast knows that I'm not known for my good planning. If I was good at planning, I wouldn't have started my Montana, my Spartan journey with the Montana Founders Race. That right. was a brilliant plan. Yeah. And I wouldn't have done the Seattle Marathon in 2017, which was another good plan. So, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, yeah, but you, you, you still haven't died, though. So, I mean, you're, it can't be all no. bad. No, but I, I think one of my biggest problems is, though, and I mean, anyone who, like, talks to me or listens to this would agree, I don't learn. I mean, I've learned from them, but I don't do anything about it. And that's been my biggest problem. And kind of something that I really battle over the winter is I keep doing these things, and I say it's poor planning and everything else, but then I don't do anything to fix my planning. It's not like I just signed up for this marathon and just found out about it. I signed up in January. So I signed up with six months to get ready for this. So, I mean, it's my own fault that I've got four weeks to go and I'm not ready for this because I didn't plan right and I didn't prepare for it. So that's kind of something I've really been wrestling with. I think it's this, this last week where I had no work, no nothing. I pretty much sat on the couch because I just had surgery and couldn't do anything else and played video games. And I've really had time to really think about it. It's like, what is keeping me from planning and doing these things correctly? I know about them. I'm signing up with plenty of time to get ready for these, but I'm not doing it. What do I need? What do I need to do to fix that? So that's kind of my dilemma at the moment. The biggest so. thing for me, because to, to, like I said, over this winter, I kind of just shot from the hip and said, I'm going to do this today. I'll do this maybe tomorrow. You know, no planning, no structure, no nothing over the winter for me. What works best for me is I've got a, a yellow notepad, and I will write out a run plan for myself that will last, you know, two months or whatever. And I did this right before Seattle. You know, I kind of counted back some, some days and weeks and said, okay, I need to start training now. Here's what my run plan will look like. And I quickly realized I didn't have a uh, – a lot of distance in my running up until that point, because I was like, oh, I need to go run five miles today. And then I went out and I would run five miles and I'm like, Whew, my, uh, my endurance is not where it used to be. And then, yeah, lo and behold, I didn't do anything over the winter the real volume of running. So yeah, my endurance wasn't there. So I find it best for me to have that visual. And I, I took that, that piece of yellow notebook paper, legal pad paper and stuck it to my, my fridge and it was so right there yellow my fridge is black so i've got this yellow piece of paper on my fridge i'm in my kitchen every day a couple times it's right there staring me in the face and if i don't have a black sharpie lying through the previous day's work i feel like i didn't do what i was supposed to do you know it's holding me accountable that piece of paper is what was holding me accountable and even though seattle was not my greatest race in the world I still, when I could actually get out and run, I felt way better running. I felt way faster. I was actually passing a lot of people when I was running. It's just when I got to the obstacles, especially like monkey bars and twister, uh, you know, all the stuff that's overhead and hanging, it, just no grip strength. Uh, a, because it was wet. B, I didn't really work on grip strength over the winter, so it wasn't there, but uh, when I got out on the, the, the runs, you know, I was, I was passing people left and right. So holding, holding myself accountable by having an actual run plan up on the fridge 
is what works for me. And maybe it will work for somebody else too. I don't know. Maybe it's putting a, a sticky note up on your fridge that says, Hey, don't, don't eat this ice cream until you go to the gym. You know, and then yeah. maybe that's a reminder. Oh, okay. I need to go to the gym first and then I can have my reward later. Yeah. I, I, I always yeah. use rewards for myself too. Um, I, I'm a, I'm a big sugar addict. I love ice cream. I love chocolate. I love sugar, which I need to get off of, but, um, it's it's like my little reward to myself that if I do something I'm supposed to do and I go to my run, I go do my workout I'm supposed to do, uh, I can have some sugar that day or some candy that day. If I don't do it, then it's, hey, you didn't do the work, you don't get the treat. Yeah. So I, that's, see, I that's kinda, I think, the two ways that I try to hold myself accountable. Yeah. When I when I did the the weight loss the last time, I think part of what it was one I had the the, the like I said, the the habit of going down to the gym, and also I had in my brain it was in my brain, but I had a plan each day of okay I'm gonna do today I'm gonna do 45 minutes on the treadmill, tomorrow I'm gonna do 45 minutes on the bike, then I'll do 45 minutes on the elliptical, and actually usually what it was it was like Monday was the treadmill wednesday was elliptical and friday was bike and then tuesday and thursday i would lift because we had a a weights down there too and i would lift Mm -hmm. for 40 i would lift for half an hour but for 15 minutes i would do the uh i would do the treadmill just to get my body warmed up and then i would lift so i had a game plan and i think that's been the hardest part for me is coming up with i don't have all that then I had all that equipment, so it was easy for me to say, okay, at this time, I'm going to go do this because I have all this stuff to work with, and now I don't. I keep using, really, it's an excuse. I keep using the excuse I don't have all that equipment to make a plan with. So it's really just trying to find a way with what I have to come up with a plan. You know, there's sure. no real place by my house. I mean, not one of the, like when me and Don would do our walks and our stuff like that, we would set up times that, you know, we always started after the sun rose because there's no lights on the streets by us. So, yeah. And I have a full park across the street for me that I figured out like exactly what a 5k is basically to run out my driveway, go to the park, run around the park and exactly what, which way I have to do the loops in the park to basically make it back to my house with it. And I, like it's 3.3 miles. So, nice. and, but there's no art, man. So if it's, <laughs> yeah. So it's, if it's after night, if it's after dark or in the morning or in the evening, it's something I can't do. I mean, I can now that winter's over and it's light later, but before it was something I couldn't do in the morning or the afternoon, because if I tried, it was just dark. So, and the park's Well, closed. is there, yeah. is there, is it dangerous to go into that park when it's dark? I mean, are, are there, like, transients in there? Is there, like, massive gangs and drugs, guns and knives and whatnot? I've never really there isn't, seen any transients They make these there, wonderful things but, called headlamps. I mean, they do, but, I mean, I live close enough to Tacoma, and there has been some transient camps around here. I haven't heard of any in that park specifically, but it wouldn't surprise me. Gotcha. gotcha. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to, to come up on, you know, a transient and you never, you know... That's just what I need is to, yeah. You know, that hour of the morning in the dark the and whatnot. You never know what's going to go on. Yeah. No, I get you. I mean, there's there's a park that uh, I don't run through in the dark, uh, <laughs> just because um, my little podunk town. You know, we got 
we got our share of problems as anybody, any other town does. And, uh, yeah, there's, there's one park I will not run through in the dark. Um, just because of the, the homeless population that's out there and the drug problem that's out there. And you never know what those people will do to you in the middle of the night and, you know, at four o'clock in the morning in a non-lit area, if you come stumbling across them, you know, so yeah, yeah. I get it. But probably if, it, if it were a safe, things that safer you park, then you could definitely just wear the headlamp and probably good. It, yeah. And I would, but like I said, it just, it just, you never know because we're close enough to the city that, I mean, and like I said, there has been transit camps in this area. Like I said, I haven't heard of any of that park, but you know, I don't want to get caught. And I mean, you never know what they'll do. You never know what can happen. They may just be like, hey, go away, leave me alone. Or they may, you know, try and rob you. But it's like, cool, where do you think I'm hiding money in these running shorts? Because I'm pretty sure if I'm hiding you're money somewhere, spandex? you're not going to want it. Yeah. Well, I mean, just anything. Running, running spandex. Yeah, running spandex. But, you know, then they might do things that you really don't want. I mean, 20 years ago, you'd probably pay good money for them to do them to you, but not now. But, I mean. Yeah, <laughs> right? <laughs> You just never know. There's some weirdos out here. So, yikes. All right. Let's take a quick break for a commercial because I always forget the commercial. So, we're going to surprise everyone actually. Don't forget the commercials. So, you you got to give the love to the sponsors, man. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And then we'll come right back from that. And then I want to talk to you a little bit about the the Seattle and Montana race. So, so we'll be right back. Gray's Harbor Unders makes the performance-based layer clothing you want and need. Whether you work, hunt, hike, fish, run, or ride in the great outdoors. If you work up a sweat, Gray's Harbor Unders are for you. Because their unique dual-layer fabric removes moisture from your body and keeps your skin dry, even when the outer layer is completely wet. It's a base layer like no other. Get you some at ghunders.com. That's ghunders.com. For the best performance-based layer you'll ever wear. All right, so we're back from break. So like I said before we left for break, we've been, you know, we, we, we mentioned at the beginning of the, the, the show that we probably want to stay on topic for more than a couple minutes anyway, but um, <laughs> we, we go randomly <laughs> off into weird tangents. We, we, we um, zigzag all over the place, man. We heard just all over the road. We, we do. <laughs> we do, but that's what, you know, I've had people talk to me about, you know, the structure with interviews on this, and they're like, do you structure it all? I'm like, no, I don't. Because I've listened to both t- types of podcasts where you have the ones where you can see, tell the guys like, all right, next question, blah, blah, blah. And I just, it drives me nuts. But when you have, it, just it's good random, to have like, kind of an do. idea of where you want to go. You know, it's good to have an idea yeah. of where you want to go. If you have just a script of questions to go down, then all you're yeah. focusing on are those questions. Like, I need to ask this question. You're not paying attention to the person that's actually answering the question. And yeah. then you're not really having any follow-ups. So there could be a nugget of gold in there that you're just totally missing because you want to ask all 14 questions that you yeah. have written down instead of asking yeah. three questions and then asking more questions as they are answering and diving a little deeper into it and searching for that nugget of gold. Oh, yeah. And that's what I love is I love these conversations because one, it's a lot of times with like you and Lorenzo and Serena and Elise and everyone else. I talk to you guys. We're friends. So we can have these conversations and just have fun with them and talk. And I like the natural conversation and I feel like we get better information that way, um, both ways. So when I'm talking to somebody that, you know, I don't know, 
I'll go a little more structured just because it's like, I know I need to ask them about this, 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 and this, and we'll just see where everything else goes. So, you know, where I've had like right. some of the guys from like Green Beret Challenge, hopefully there's supposed to be a warrior. The, the president of Warrior Dash, I'm supposed to talk to him at some point, but I don't know. They're kind of weird, but yeah. And where I've talked to, you know, JP, <laughs> JP from train race is different because I know JP. So that ends up being more of a friend thing anyway. So it's, yeah, I'm trying to get Steve Hammond, but he keeps saying yes, but then like never like actually scheduling a time. So I will get that guy. Uh, good old I just want to listen. I just want to listen to that accent for an hour. So, yeah. <laughs> So one of the things I love doing at the race is I love volunteering afterwards, um, you know, either after my race or whatnot. And I love signing up for, for sweep. I'm giving away my, my secrets here now. I sign up for the sweep or the, the, uh, um, uh, uh, gosh dang, I can't remember now, but it's either going to be sweep uh, or, uh, like a, a course pickup and, uh, scrub. Yeah. There we go. Sweep or scrub because, all the West Coast races are generally uh, designed and put on by by Hammond, right? He's he's the one that yeah. builds the courses, he designs them, whatnot, and he's also the one that tears them down. So when I sign up for those, I get my time uh, with Hammond, and we hang out and we chit chat and joke around and have a good time. And uh, you know, we've the last two years uh, with Seattle, I've gotten my muddy after photo from doing the scrub walk and basically walking the whole course, pulling tape and signs and all that good fun stuff and just getting muddier and muddy. Um, actually, I think it might be my profile pic right now on, on Facebook is he and I at the end of it, just big old smiles on our face and we're mud up to our waist, you know, because we were just walking the whole course again, pulling tape and whatnot from it. So that's my little secret. Yeah. So if, those shifts become unavailable. I'm going to hunt you guys down. I will hunt you down and stab you in the throat for taking my 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 scrub walk. <laughs> you, you just got to do what I did, but what we did in Montana three years ago. We just were so dang slow that Hammond caught up to us, and we ended up doing a scrub walk with him. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, but sometimes those are that was Montana. When you're doing the sweep. Uh, you, you you meet some of the coolest people uh, when you're when you're doing sweep. You know you meet some of the yeah. the people with the greatest stories and the greatest uh, their you know uh, what I call their why. You know why are you out here? You know you you figure out what their mm-hmm. why is and why they're out there doing what they're doing. And there's a lot of inspirational stories that people will tell you. Um, you just gotta listen and talk to them. And, and one of the just running the sweep. You know when you're following the last racer in, you know, they're, they're in the pain cave, they're hating life, but yet they're still like, I'm going to finish. I don't care what happens. Y'all aren't pulling me off the right. damn course. I'm going to cross that finish line on my own two feet. We ain't doing it. So it's, yeah. it's always fun that amazed that me. Yeah, those are the yeah. ones that amaze me. Like I said, I've been there. I've been that last person. Um, and it, it, it's a different type of racer. You have the people that, you know, run and they're quick and they know they're going to be done quick and everything else. But usually that last racer, they knew they were going to have a tough time at it, but they did it anyway. And most of the time when sweep catches up to you, they give you the option. They will send to have someone come get you and take you off course if you feel like you're done. And it sounds bad, but 
I think there's a lot of people out there, like in Montana, when Hammond caught up to us, he basically, his, when we told him, we're like, you can do what you want. We're finishing this course. And he's like, good answer. Everyone behind you quit. And I think that, like, if you don't give, them, give, us, give someone the option and just say, come on, let's go, it changes their mentality. The second you say, hey, here's an option, you can quit. And all of a sudden, their brain's like, hey, you could quit. You could be done with this pain. You could be out of this. And yeah. it takes a special you're, you're person to go. That, uh, yeah. Yeah, you're giving them that you're giving out. Them that you're giving them that reason to go, eh, I, I don't need to do this. He just told me I could quit. Cool, I can quit. Yeah. But, yeah, no, you don't want yeah. to. And it you, takes you, a special you wanna, person. You want to suffer three things. To not do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And like I said, it takes that special person to be like, yeah, I can, but I'm not going to. You know, and that was hard. Like when I did my marathon, I had the same thing where I literally there was one of the course, course marshals. They drive in trucks, you know, long trucks, make sure you're okay. I was the last person. I could, like I've told people I passed, I passed, I ended up not finishing last because I passed her with like a hundred feet to go. But, um, <laughs> I was literally the last person and this lady just kept asking me, she's like, do you, do you want me to just pick you up and take you back? You look like you're in a lot of pain. And I'm like, yeah, I am in a lot of pain, but there's less than two miles out of 26 to go. Giving up now yeah, would just now? be stupid. You know, it's like, why yeah. push myself for 24 miles to be like, you know, there's only two left, but I'm going to quit anyway. I'm like, no, if I'm out here till 10, 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, I'm finishing this stupid race. You know, it's like I was an idiot to sign up for it, but I'm finishing this thing anyway. <laughs> hey, you're saying I'm an idiot? What? Yeah. Oh, just kidding. Um, so, so Seattle, kind of what do you want to Seattle, know about the, yeah. the wonderful emerald green what, Seattle? What are your thoughts on Seattle? I've talked to a couple of different people and I mean, we got Lorenzo's thoughts. Um, I've seen a lot of thoughts on say, Facebook. What are your thoughts on Seattle? So this has been the, I think, second year they've done the U.S. National Series stop in Seattle. I think yeah. it's cool. I think it's great exposure for the Northwest. Um, I think it's a. I think it's always a fun course up there. I'm getting tired of April in Seattle. Uh, I mean, I've lived in the Pacific Northwest my whole life. You know, I've lived in the Portland area my whole life, and I'm just. I think next year what I'll do, and I'm not the only one that has has voiced this opinion either, but. I might just sign up for the race and watch the weather reports. And if it looks like it's going to be rainy and nasty and crummy, like it has been the last couple of years, I don't think I'm going to do the race. Um, just because, you know, doing over 150 burpees is not my idea of a good time. Um, and no. most of that is because of slipping off of obstacles that are, are wet, which I mean, don't get me wrong. It is an obstacle. You know, I'm out there to race though and race for time. I'm not out there to uh, prove something to myself that I can finish these courses. I know I can finish these courses. I know that I can get through them. I don't need to prove that to myself. I'm proving to myself my, in, in the best of conditions, how quickly I can get through a course, how quickly I can, I can run a race. Mm-hmm. And yes, the wetness of the course throws another little element into it. And I don't know if it's something that I just need to train more on, but the last two years I haven't had uh, a lot of fun in Seattle in April. 
I just haven't. So if it turns out yeah, that no, it's going to be crummy weather, I may just defer for another race and just say, man, maybe I'll just go volunteer then and hang out with people and see all the buddies and friends and just not run the race. I, I, I literally quit counting all of my burpees after 150 that I, I, I counted 150 that I did. And then after that, I just quit counting the obstacles. I think I probably failed another couple obstacles after that. And so I was, just, when I crossed the finish line, I was just like, I'm done. I don't want to be here anymore. This is miserable. And then uh, I went and ran course sweep with Steve. And of course, once I stopped the race and my race is done, clouds part, it gets sunny again, it really even rains on me while I'm out there walking the course the second time. I'm like, where was this little weather break earlier this morning? <laughs> so it's, I don't know. I, I love the course. I love that area. Um, but the weather in April just gets to me. And I think I'm, I think I'm over wet races, wet obstacles, wet, wet, wet. I can see that. I think, honestly, I've thought about this. Because normally I do Vegas too, and Vegas is usually my beginning race of the year, and I and I've thought about it, and I think, I think if they do the trail race again next year, I'll do the trail race. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, and part of the part of me wants to because I mean it is the Seattle race, and part of it too is that Benton, normally that's his super. So unless I get him another that's, super, yeah, that's the other thing too. Yeah, there's no other supers in the, you know, Washington, Oregon area. Yeah, so we yeah. either have to go down to, to California, super, you, Utah, go, yeah. uh, Arizona. Vegas. You know, you got you to gotta travel for it. You know, and that's another mm-hmm. thing I wish they would do. I wish Spartan would do is bring, you know, at least one more super up here. Um, you know, they could easily turn Washougal into a sprint super weekend. There's a lot of room up there. In, I think a, a super course yeah, up awesome. at the, the Washougal track would be amazing. I think it would be phenomenal up there because they, they've got plenty of, of oh, land and area up there to to utilize or even turn Seattle into a uh, trifecta weekend, you know, in, in uh, September, October. Or, be cool yeah, September, too. beginning of September when they have it out there. Turn that into a trifecta weekend yeah, and like... have all three races, you know, because – there's really no shortage of beast race, you know, because we'll have Seattle. We got two up in Seattle, you know, one in the spring, one in the fall. Um, and there's the the sprint that's up there uh, in the spring. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, there's there's options, but um, that's really but the only reason. Last two years, I've done don't. Seattle. Go ahead. Because you need super. I say yeah, but supers and yeah, beasts. That's the only so reason I've done it. Yeah. Exactly. That was me as I was thinking about not doing it, but I need to do that that super so that Benton has a super for you know for his trifecta. So I think the the, the course layout this year for the the super was amazing. I think it was awesome. Um, yeah, it the, was a great layout. Uh, the route, yeah, the the route was super fun. Um, there was there was some technical running, there was some trail running. Um, you know, obviously we, we had to go by, uh, Bagaloo from the 24, uh, hour hurricane that, uh, went on last year. We had to go by, or was it last year or two years now? My, my time perception is getting off as I get older. I forget which, which year things happen. <laughs> time just starts melding together, but yeah, you know, went, went past Bagaloo. That must've been two years ago now. 
but uh, ran past Bagaloo, uh, you know, up that snarl up the up the side of the hill, the back down, which was all part of the the previous year's course. But um, a lot of technical running, a lot of I, I, I like the layout. I just the only thing that I didn't I like do. about Seattle was the weather, and that was the biggest biggest downer for me. And was getting up there and seeing all the rain and the the river I was overflowing. Mm-hmm. See, I think the hard thing for me is I think about it, and it's like, I know a lot of people, like, move it later into the year, and I'm like, <sighs> but then I think about, like, September in the Beast is, which I'm sure is one of the things you really like about it, is how quick that course is. It is, yeah. there's not a lot of hills on that on that course. Even the super course is on those couple hills. You know, I mean, I guess there is up in that one backside and get some good hills, but it's still not a whole lot. Most of the course is pretty flat, pretty quick, and you take away the mud and yep. the nasty, and it turns that course into, I think last year we finished the Beast like 10 minutes slower than we did the, the Super. Yeah. So, and I know people that actually had better times on the Beast than the Super because of that difference and how big of a difference that the water and, you know, the dry and the not dry make, you know. So it's kind of – that's where I kind of have my issues. But it is, like you said, I think like this year, if the Britons hadn't been with us, Benton wouldn't have finished because he wouldn't have had someone to talk to. They kind of talked to him and made him kind of completely forget that he was freezing cold and hypothermic. But, you know, I think if you – yeah, there's there was a lot of people That's, that were dropping because of the cold this year, and I mean it was yeah. it was a combination of all that the the river being as high as it was, you know, getting in the water, which I don't mind, you know, I'll, I'll get in the water, no big deal, whatever. But the, just the the sheer uh, cold, you know, that it wasn't warm. I think it was in the low 40s. I think it was or mid mid 40s, and then you get wet on top mm-hmm. of that. Then you get some wind thrown in there. And yeah, you're gonna, you're going to zap the heat right out of people. I, I don't even know how many people dropped out because of of you know heat issues and, or lack of thereof. So there, there was an a issue. lot. And part of it too is, I know like last year, last year was wetter. I mean, I guarantee last year was wetter. I mean, we had that one part of the like the barbed bar wire last year. Where the, ground the, was was yeah, yeah, the ground was wetter. Yeah, the ground was wetter. Yeah, because the ground was saturated. Yeah. It was saturated then, and then, I mean, but I, it rained pretty much. I know the whole, like, time I was out on course, it was raining last year. But I think, honestly, if you look back, it was about 10 or 15 degrees warmer. And I think that yeah, was the it, it wasn't nearly like as cold. This, as, yeah. No. This year was really cold. And what was funny well, when was, I finished the race, like a week and a half got before into that, the changing tent. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was it was snow. There was like snowing or whatever. It was stupid. Oh no! A week once and I half finished the that, race and I got into degrees. the. Oh, that's right. Yeah, sunny seventy five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, huh. yeah crazy. That's, yeah, it's Washington. Yeah, that's the weather in the Northwest. <laughs> Don't like the weather. Wait five minutes. When I got done with the race and I got into the 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 changing tent, uh, they had the heaters going on in the changing tent. You know. I got in and I sat down and I had to sit there for a good five minutes to get my hands to sh- stop shaking. You know, I mean, I was, I was frozen. I was super cold. When I was out there running, it wasn't that bad, but as soon as I stopped moving, you know, and all the heat yeah. went out of my body, I, it's like everything started locking up. My hands are shaking. 
Um, you know, and there were there were guys that were just hanging out in the chase tent because it was warm in there and it, it had sides yeah. to it and you know wasn't letting any wind in. It was warm. They're just hanging out. Hey, what's going on, buddy? Hey, what race are you doing next? I'm like, get out of my way. I want to change and get into warm clothes. I'm freezing my butt yeah. off here. And so, and, oh, yeah. and I know I can handle cold, but if I was that cold, I would I'd hate to see somebody that can't handle cold that well or can't deal with cold that well. I hate to see what happened to them, man. Because that it was brutal. It was yeah. it was not fun. No, it was it was a brutal course. But like I said, that's kind of my my biggest worry is. If you move it too far, I mean, maybe move it a month into May or something, but you move it too far forward, you start getting way too, way too dry. I think if you start getting into June, all of a sudden you start losing any of the, you know, and I think that course needs the muck. So maybe if you move like a month, like into like now, like maybe right after Montana instead of before. Then it might be one of those things that might work better because it'd be just a little bit warmer and probably not as rainy, but it would still be mucky. And that's, I think, what makes yeah. that course. You take away the muck on that course, and it, I'm, I, I hate to say it, it becomes too easy. And one of the reasons I like doing Spartans is because I've done the Survivor, I've done Warrior, I've done Mud Factor. And even for a fat guy like me, they're easy. You know, when I, the last mud factor yeah. I did that I'm never doing it again, it was a 5k that I finished in 30 minutes. A 5k Holy mud race. That's quick. That's a quick mud race. I finished. Yeah. I finished in 30 minutes. And it's like, there. that's how easy. I mean, the hardest thing was a wall that was kind of like stairway to Sparta, except there was no, you know, with the, where you climb up. But there was no no big wall that you had to climb like get over at the bottom. It was just pretty much you ran up, climbed over the wall, and that was it. That was like the hardest obstacle. And I'm like, this is oh, wow. I could have done this like one hand tied behind my back, and probably still finish in 31 minutes. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. So I I like the challenge yeah. of the no, I mean, race. I, I felt numerous times. The obstacles. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just yeah, the obstacles. I, I felt like numerous challenge. times on the trail. No, I bet. So, yeah, yeah, we, the, the feet sliding out from underneath you and falling. No good. Oh, my yeah. hips. No, it's, it's, my hips were killing me. It's, it, it is what it race. is. Oh, yeah. No, my, yeah. my hip flexors were, were shot, and I was oh, walking yeah. funny for a little while, and just all the stabilizers were, were firing and uh, just overworked yeah, and overtaxed. You don't think about those hip flexors. You don't think about those hip flexors no. until you're in a race like that where you're your feet are trying to slide out from under you and you don't realize how much you're using those hip flexors to hold your, your feet from sliding out from under you. And then all of a sudden by the end of the race, you're like, Oh, why does it feel like someone kicked me in both hips? Oh, Oh. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. So but those are your Montana thoughts. Montana was a completely different. Yeah. Yeah. Montana what was a completely different beast. Oh my God. I, if, if I am, if I only do one race a year, you know, once in race, I, I think it would always be Montana. Montana is like my sweetheart. It's like my mistress. I love, mm-hmm. I love that course. It is, love it me. is all hell. It is challenging and all hell. Uh, it is, it's this year's weather for the beast was perfect for me. Started off a little cold, 
which is awesome. You know, you never want to start off super hot on what could no. possibly be a three-hour or four-hour run. You want to start off nice and cool and stay cool for as long as possible. Not 30s, but, you know, you want it to be cool. Um, but, yeah, it was yeah. absolutely gorgeous weather. Um, we got uh, – I, I, I just love that course. Um, just so beautiful up there. and The layout was really awesome. Um, it was the mountain team that put it on this time instead of the West Coast team. Uh, and they did a really good job. They laid out the course really well. Um, nothing too, too, too crazy. Um, the one thing that I will say about it that kind of struck me uh, was that it seemed like it was a sprint race that they decided to throw a beast onto. And what I mean by that is I it was that. very obstacle dense during the sprint course. The sprint, you know, the the later portions of it, uh, whereas on the B side, there weren't that many obstacles. You know, I mean, there are still obstacles out there, uh, but there just weren't that many. And I get it. You know, it's a it's a mountainous terrain. It's hard to get stuff to places, you know, logistically. But to pack all of the obstacles into the sprint course and kind of have some of the quote unquote easier ones out in the uh, the pucker brush. Um, wasn't, you know, left a little to be desired. Uh, but one of the ones that they had out in the pucker brush was the, uh, the beater. Um, and that one, man, I need to figure out what the heck I'm going to do on that one. Cause that one, uh, I, I had no, no answer to that one. Um, I got to the second beater and fell straight off. Um, that, that one, they actually had a penalty lap on. They didn't do the burpees on that one. And when I, I talked like the to the, uh, the, the, so what what they do with that is the um, uh, race course official, the head official guy. I talked to him a little bit after the race because he overheard me talking about the the penalty lap, and uh, I asked him. I said, "What's the deal with the penalty lap?" So that we were supposed to be doing burpees, and what his answer was is uh, because of the remoteness of that obstacle, and it's possibly going to be a high fail obstacle they can't get the cameras back in to count all the burpees in time. You know, they can't go back over all of the footage to count all the burpees. So they try to make it a penalty lap as long as it would take you to do 30 burpees. So if it takes the, the elite men, you know, two minutes to do 30 burpees or a minute and a half to do 30, 30 burpees, that's about how long they want to make that penalty lap is about a minute to two minutes long. And I thought, oh, that's pretty smart. Uh, and it's just it's just all based off of logistics and keeping everything moving. So, but the the penalty lap was, was a, a strange one. Down. You know, there was a little, yeah, exactly. And I think it was because of the remoteness, you know, of of where they were, and able to get the um, the camera back in time to go over the footage. Um, and yeah, I had to do one of the one of the penalty laps in Seattle as well. And that was like a barbed wire crawl, uh, but it wasn't barbed wire. It was yeah. the, the little elastic uh, band or whatever. I had to do that one. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, no, Montana was awesome. Uh, uh, yeah, I, it, it, if I get to the point where I can only do one race a year, my body will only allow me to do one race a year, I think it will always be that one. I, it's just so beautiful up there, the, the, the ruggedness of it, the uh, just the overall awe the the environment yeah. up there is, is right up my alley even though you got to get into ball shrinker and <laughs> have that nice little yes. lake crossing there 
Um, they, they did get us wet quite a couple times uh, after that. There were some, some other little water crossings to go through. So um, my feet were frozen uh, shortly after ball shrinker, and they stayed cold for a little while. Uh, and they stayed cold and wet for a little while. But, uh, again, you know, getting out and, and getting some running in, it felt really good to run. Um, I wish there were more obstacles on the, the quote-unquote dark side, you know, the backside on the beast, beast side of the course. Uh, just to break up the monotony of, of running, um, you know, a mile and a half without having an obstacle. Um, but yeah, the technical terrain, I love the, yeah. The, the technical terrain was awesome. The uh, uh, obstacle central was was cool. You came in, did a couple obstacles, bounced out for a few seconds, and then came back in and did some more obstacles. Um, they were really cheeky and put the, uh, the dunk wall right in front of monkey bars. Uh, literally, like you went under dunk wall, came out, made a, a slight right-hand turn, and there were monkey bars right there up in Obstacle Central. So the dunk wall was in the same spot that it was last year. And as you came out of there, uh, yeah, right into monkey bars. And so I don't know how I did it, but I got through monkey bars, and I think it was a lot of me just grunting and, like, I am not going to fall off these. And I went into the monkey bars with that mentality like, I'm not going to fall off these. There's no reason for me to fall off these stupid monkey bars. I passed this thing, no problem. But Seattle, I didn't pass them. Um, you know, got halfway through and slipped off. Um, and I chalked that up to being wet. And that was one of the thoughts that went right through my head as I was getting up those monkey bars. Like, man, my hands are wet. This sucks. And I just started wiping them on the, on the ground, trying to get something to get the water off. I'm shaking my hands out. I'm rubbing them on the grass. I'm picking up dirt, rubbing them off. And I just get up there and I'm like, all right, we're getting across these suckers. And I'm just grunting the whole way. And I, I don't know how I got through them, but I got to the end. I was like, holy moly, hit the bell and off I went. And then I go and slip my foot off a freaking Z wall, which I never do. Uh, my, my lead foot slipped off of one of the, the little two by four platforms and boom. Oh, no, got to do some burpees. Awesome. Great. <laughs> so I think there were three obstacles that I failed at, uh, yeah, there were three, three obstacles that I failed up in Montana. Uh, one was beater. Um, and that was the first time I encountered that one. So I didn't know exactly how to, how I was going to conquer that one. And I'm still not exactly sure. Uh, the other one was <laughs> Tyro. I was going across the Trevelyan Traverse and I used the leg swing method. You know, you swing your left foot up, yep. you swing your right foot up and then you're just kind of swinging them back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And yeah, my right foot missed the rope. Yeah. My my right foot missed the rope and came down and hit the ground. And I was like, damn it. So I had to go do burpees after that one. And then my then my foot slips off the Z wall. And I was like, Are you freaking kidding? I wasn't even to the first bend. I was on the first straightaway and I go to go to move and I'm, you know, cocky thinking, Oh, it's it's Z wall. No biggie. I got Z wall. Z wall is a, is, a, is like a pass for me. It's like an easy obstacle. And no, I, I slipped off and my foot hit the ground. I'm like, you gotta be shit. Oops. I just cussed. Sorry. Um, but <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. And so, yeah, that, that sucked, but you know, what else? Yeah. But that, other than that, I mean, the, the rest of the race was really good. Um, the, the Vert Cargo 2.0 um, was a lot easier this time than it was in Seattle. Uh, Seattle, I think, because it was so wet, um, I wasn't able to get my 
myself up onto it very easily or at all. But this time I, I got it up there, no higher. problem whatsoever. It, 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 seemed, yeah. it seemed about the same height. It seemed seemed about the same height in Montana, too. I think they may have raised it six inches or so. I'm not sure. But it, it was pretty pretty high up in up in Seattle. I remember that. Yeah. Um, but I got over that, no problem. Um, you know, the rest of the stuff, the bucket carry wasn't that bad. Uh, it was actually kind of short, but it was up a, up a pretty good steep hill. Uh, but man, I just, I just love that like course. It's just so much fun up there. Wasn't like the sandbag. What was it so like two fun. years ago? That was like freaking a quarter mile no. each way. Yeah. No, nope, it was brutal. not, not that super crazy windy, windy one. Um, they started us off, uh, the same shoot, uh, that they did last year, uh, where you ran out straight and then you made a left turn up the hill. At the top of the hill, you made a right, and then you came back down through, like, the mucky, marshy area. Um, yeah. And then we quickly got out onto the backside of the, the property and ran around out there and had a few obstacles here and there. Um, nothing nothing super crazy, but uh, like I said, all the all the real obstacles, you know, quote-unquote real obstacles, were back in Obstacle Central. Um, A-frame was not on top of the hill like it has been in years past. Um, up a, where you got that beautiful lookout of, over a flathead yeah. lake and all that. It wasn't up there this year. Um, I believe it was rope climb that was up there. Um, That's what I heard. It was rope climb, yeah, and then the rope A-frame climb. was like right at the end. Yeah, oh. A-frame was, was one of the last obstacles. Uh, the last gauntlet was, was pretty good. Um, so I volunteered uh, in uh, what was one. Uh, fellow beast, uh, Dave Bax was running zone one. And so I found that out and I was like, I'm volunteering in zone one both days. So both, uh, Saturday and Sunday, I volunteered zone one, um, did bucket carry the first day, uh, after the race. And man, I moved a lot of buckets and it's not a great idea after running that beast course, moving all the buckets around. I quickly learned how to get people to move the buckets where I needed them to, <laughs> you know, stand in yeah, front. Hey, go that. pick up over here. Hey, put them over here. You know, directing traffic, trying to get them to put the buckets where I needed them to go instead of me moving all the buckets. Um, but the last, yeah, last gauntlet was uh, after you left bucket carry, you had less than a mile to go. And it was uh, barbed wire crawl, then slip wall, and then invert, and then um, A-frame, and then fire jump. And Invert was in the same spot that it was last year, I believe. Um, or it might have been where Twister was last year. Um, but it's like right after you do the barbed wire crawl where, it's, where they had it in that same little pasture area that it, it's been the last couple of years. Uh, slip wall was right down there. But then as you came up and made that left and got up on top of that little hill, that's where Invert was. And then you okay. got down and over that, ran across to the, the marshy area to the a frame and then over the fire jump and you got your medal. It was a nice little gauntlet. Yeah, the, the barbed wire crawl wasn't that long. wasn't as long as it was in 16th, where I think it was like stupid long, and actually went yeah. underneath that little uh, makeshift bridge that they had, and then you had a little that. dunk wall on the other side. That was pretty gnarly, but it wasn't uh, it wasn't nearly as long this year, which was nice. Yeah, going under that bridge every time I like that's like one of my my I don't know I have nightmares about that thing. Going under that bridge. Yeah, they didn't. Then, uh, they didn't spring it up across the logs like they have in years past, uh, where they go from the the logs that line that area. They did normally. They put the barbed wire across those, so it's really super low. 
but they didn't do it this year. They had the actual T post. So it was a little higher and it made wow. it a little easier to get under, but yeah, it's still nice. barbed wire crawling. All of my, all of my shorts in the back have a, uh, have a rip in them from the barbed wire. So I got to learn how yeah. to either roll and not get as dizzy or get my butt down when I crawl through there. Yeah. That's always my thing. I can't roll because I get dizzy. So, and I remember that it, I always liked the dunk wall there, which everyone knows I hate the dunk wall. I like the dunk wall there mm-hmm. when it used to be like right after the, the barbed wire crawl because there it was actually in a stream. So the water yeah. was moving. So yep. when you got to it, it wasn't stagnant water that had been sitting there forever with thousands of racers peeing in and everything else in front of me and just completely. I'll be honest. I, I've, I've peed there too, but it's one of those. I actually had a guy in <laughs> I think we Vegas all have. Give me this strength. The guy in Vegas gave me the strangest look because we're going through, and in Vegas, there's not a whole lot of water obstacles on there. And, but there was a lot of mud this year, but nothing deep. And finally, I'm sitting there, and I looked at uh, Justin, and I'm like, I just need an obstacle that's pee deep. And this guy next to me goes, wait a bit. And I'm like, <laughs> I just looked at him, so just make sure you're not behind me when I go through the water obstacle. And come on. <laughs> like, it looks weird if I pee if I'm not an obstacle. If I just pee right here, it's just going to, you're going to see water, my, my shorts get all wet. So, I, yeah, I got I to in it was last weirdo. year. I think it was last year when, um, it was either last year or year before, uh, going through and uh, I may mess this up. And if I do, then apologize to the people that I will name if I mix it up. But I think uh, Lorenzo and Zane were going through, and I think it may have been Lorenzo's second lap or whatnot. But uh, they went through the dunk wall. They got out, and I think from memory, uh, Zane said, Oh, wait. He turned around, went back, and got into the water after the duck wall, stood there for a second, and then got that guy who goes, ah, much better, and, like, took off. <laughs> so yeah. he, he went through dunk wall, got out, got back in, and relieved himself, and then got back out. <laughs> yeah, I did. Something, something along those lines. It, was like, it was, like, two years ago in Seattle where I was literally going through, and, like, the, it was a year where it rained so bad that you could walk through the rolling mud because it just melted eventually. But, yeah. and yep. I was sitting there and there was some guy, I think his name was Rory. I've only met him a couple of times. And he only ran with us a few times and he was helping us. And I was going to get out and he like reached his hand out and I'm like, just a second. Okay. Now I'm good. And he's just like, no, we're ready. Bastard. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, you sick bastard. Like whatever. So like it's raining yeah. so much. No one will notice. It's mainly running water now. Exactly. Oh, so but yeah, Montana, Montana is always a good oh. place. Oh, next. I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't know what I got planned next. Um, down here in Portland, uh, next weekend is warrior dash. Uh, I haven't signed up yet. I'm thinking that I might, uh, um, although it, it'd be dumb right now because I think it's around a hundred bucks to sign up and I have better places for a hundred bucks to go right at the moment. But you know, sometimes you just need to, be frivolous and throw your money away. Um, yeah, but no, uh, if I don't do that one, then I don't really know what I've got next. I, I think it'd probably be Rugged Maniac in June, I believe, is Rugged yeah, Maniac. We don't get that up here anymore. The, we don't uh, get Rugged up here anymore. The only, oh no, that sucks. I mean, it's it's fun, but they they hold it out at uh, the the raceways, the Portland International Raceway. 
Um, so yeah. you run a little bit on the racetrack. It's it's pretty flat. It's a fast course. Uh, it's fun. And I mean, it's, it is what it is. Um, but I'm actually going to miss both Boise and uh, Portland this year, Spartan races. Uh, missing <gasps> Boise because of work. Yeah. Um, work decided to throw a uh, an event that weekend without my knowledge. Um, they made that decision when I was like deathly ill at uh, one of the managers' meetings. They made this decision. I was deathly ill. I didn't go to the managers' meeting. I mean, I was I, I was this close to going to the doctor, and I don't go to the doctor. But uh, at that yeah. managers' meeting, they they picked the weekend to do this event that we do every year. And had I been there, I would have lobbied for another weekend so that I can go back to Boise and do that one. But unfortunately, I wasn't there. So I'm missing Boise and then um, Portland. Uh, my my younger brother, he's getting ready to retire from the Army. Uh, and that's actually going to be his uh, retirement party weekend as is the yeah. weekend of Portland. And I, you know, as much as I would hate to miss Portland, I I would feel even worse if I missed his retirement party. So I'll be I'll be yeah, partying it up with him. And, yeah, exactly. Brothers um, grudges. Yeah, it's yeah they do. <laughs> but you know, it's twenty years, man. I mean, twenty years in the military and serving our country and and going the line and doing doing his his duty, man. You know, I mean. I, I've got nothing but love and respect from my brother and uh, admiration, and uh, I wouldn't miss it for the world. I mean, you could you could have uh, if Montana was that weekend, dude. I would have to miss Montana. You know, that's that's where that's where that lies with me. So uh, nothing to keep yeah. me away no, from no, and from I get hanging that. out and celebrate his accomplishment. But it's yeah, going to suck. It'll be the first time in in four years, five years that I've missed Portland. So this will be the oh, first wow. time that I've missed it, and it's going to be weird uh, missing that one. But uh, the only other race that I'm currently signed up for is uh, the Cascade Lakes Relay. And it's it's kind of like hood to coast for the poor people that know what that is. Um, it's kind of like a Ragnar. Um, uh, you got two vans, 12 people, and you run over 200 miles. Um, this one starts down around Crater Lake and finishes up in Bend, Oregon. Uh, so it's it's a fun time. This will be my third year doing that one. Uh, loads of fun. Nice. Uh, got a group of, of a lot of lot of nurses and whatnot. So they're, they've they've got some good oh, stories go. that they tell. And uh, so they can take care of you. Yeah, it's always nice having nurses around. Yeah, that way if I do something stupid, I've got somebody to take care of me. So <laughs> but, it hurts uh, right it's, it's there. Fun. It's in August. It's <laughs> it's August. It's hot. It's it's yucky. You're you're in a van for two days. Um, little to no sleep. Uh, little to no showers. Uh, you're eating questionable food all the time, and you know it's 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 a blast. But again, it it ends in Bend. Uh, that's where my brother lives. Um, that's where his house is. Right. Uh, he's actually stationed up at the JBLM right now. Uh, and so on the weekends he drives home six hour guys from uh, uh, Fort Lewis all the way back down to Bend, hangs out there for a weekend oh, and drives six hours back home. Yeah, he doesn't do it every single weekend, but um, it's every other weekend that he's doing that. So uh, it'll be he's trust me, dude. He's looking forward to retirement. He's looking forward to being home. He's looking forward to being a civilian. 
Um, yeah, you've got you've got plans that when he gets out to uh, uh, indulge in the uh, the newly legal marijuana in Oregon and uh, uh, you know go spend two hundred bucks on lumber and just build shit in his garage for a while <laughs> and uh, partake uh, the marijuana. <laughs> but you know, like well, I, I told him, like dude, twenty you, years you in the country, twenty years. years? Exactly. That's what I told him too. I'm like, dude, I'll I'll even buy you some, bro. It's cool. I got you. But uh, that's the only other race that I'm currently signed up for is uh, Cascade Lakes. Um, There's going to be a couple little 5Ks here and there. I'm not going nearly as crazy as I have in the last couple years, mainly because I'm not recovering as fast as I used to. And I don't know if it's because I'm not stretching as much as I used to if it's because I'm not uh, staying as active as I used to. I'm, I'm kind of sloughed off on doing things. Um, I'm just, it's just not recovering as fast. And it's got to do with old age, too. I mean, I'll be 43 yeah, in, very old. in July. Yeah. yeah, I'm getting old, you know, yeah. and it's just, it, you just don't bounce back like you used to. And it's starting to catch up with yeah. me. And, you know, I need to take care of the body a little bit. But I'm not like this yeah, year. I'm not, not doing any double race weekends. Ends. Yeah, I've heard a lot. Of people I'm not doing any double do race weekends. Double uh, you know, when Seattle rolled around, I didn't do the sprint the next day. Uh, Montana, I didn't, I didn't do the sprint the next day. Next day. Um, I don't plan on running any multi-lap races. Um, like we would go to a terrain race and we would run five laps. I'm not planning on doing any of that. Um, uh, you know, it's the one and done. Yeah, you know, I'll go run one race and then recover from it. You know, if I can yeah. stay healthy and, and good, you know, and my chances of performing better at the next event are that much higher. You know, and if I keep beating myself up and and not uh, recovering properly, then the chances of success go down. And I don't want to go that way. I want to go. I want to go up. Yeah, I know my my thoughts right now. Pretty much, like I think I've done my only. I did two double race weekends already i did vegas i did the super and the sprint and then i did the super and the trail race in seattle and then after that i think the only time i'm planning on doing a double race weekend is hawaii and that's just because i want that three in a weekend and then after i think once i do it once i don't think i'm i think it's one of those like in my brain i want to do it once and i think once i've done it once i I'm, i'm gonna be like cool i've done it I don't need to do it again. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's, that's kind of gonna... the reason why I'm not going to Hawaii this year is because, I mean, I, I know, yeah, with the beast, there's a ton of people that go over to Hawaii. And it would be yeah. a blast. I've never been to Hawaii. It'd be an absolute blast awesome to go blast. over there and do, do, do a race weekend. But I know if that I go, I'm, you know, I'm like you. I want to do all three. I want to get all three mm-hmm. of those medals in one weekend. And I've told myself this year, you're not doing multiple race weekends, you know, and you're going to give yourself at least yeah. three to four weeks in between races, too, if you can. Now, that being said, you know, this little warrior dash is only a couple weeks away, so I'm kind of on the fence about that one. But um, I don't know. I may still sign up for it. It's not a terribly technical course. It's pretty flat. It's pretty quick. Um, it's the same place that it was last year. So, I don't know. I might, I might still sign up for that one. But... Yeah, I'm trying to trying to hold true yeah. to what I said at the beginning of the year as far as the amount of uh, races I was doing because honestly, last year just wore me out. You know, by 
mid July, end of July, dude, I was I was exhausted from traveling, from racing. Um, you know, because it seemed like every weekend I had a race going on, or or at least every other weekend I had some race going on. And not all of them were short races either. Some of them were long races. You know, I had that half Ironman that uh, the Zane Mallory and I did up in Canada. Uh, you know, and then like a week or two after that, I did uh, Cascade Lakes Relay, that same relay. So like two weeks after that, I went and did Cascade Lakes Relay, and I ran close to close to a marathon in two days. I think it was. Uh, yeah. So I, I just I never give myself enough time to recover from one event to go to the next event to be worth anything yeah. in that event. And that's what I'm trying to do is, is go into each event and have um, something there to, to give to the event instead of just showing up and doing the event. I want to get there and, and give it my all and try to try to do as good as I can instead of just showing up. Yeah, I get that. I definitely get that. I mean, because it's people don't think about the traveling and what it what it really does to you. It's like that's one thing. Like this year with Hawaii, where I've told everyone we're actually going to be there a week before the races. We get there Monday and don't have to race till Saturday. So almost a full week to acclimate, get used to it, stretch out, get ready, and then after it's over, I've got a week to relax because I've done both ways. I've done where I showed up Friday, race Saturday stupidest plan ever because I was not acclimated to the weather. I wasn't ready for it. And it was just horrible. The next time I was there, we basically did the races and left Monday. Now you've got the complete opposite where I just did the races. My legs are cramped. I feel like crap. I'm beat up. And now I'm going to go cramp myself on. And you're on a, yeah, for five hours (laughs) for five hours. Yeah. No, I can't no good. stretch. I can't move. You know, by the time the plane landed, they're like, okay, you can get up and leave now. And I'm like, I don't think my legs are going to let me. You know, I so would it's, love to get up and leave. <laughs> I would love to, but my legs aren't gonna, aren't, aren't working at the moment. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of like this year where, one, we wanted more time. We wanted more time in Hawaii. So we decided we're just going to do a week before and a week after. So I can get ready and be acclimated Make sure and hydrate and everything else. Do my races Saturday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Starting Sunday night, I can start having a few drinks and relaxing and doing whatever. And that's where I think part of my problem on, like, the first year was I was drinking beforehand. I didn't, you know, I didn't yeah. hydrate. I didn't. I just went out and raced. So I'm in humid weather. I'm dehydrated now because I've been drinking alcohol. <laughs> right. You know, it was all bad. So, so this year I'm trying the to wrong do it kind right. of carb loading when you're drinking so much beer beforehand. Yeah, it it's the wrong kind of carbs. No, <laughs> it is. But, so it, it's kind of, you know, trying to plan it right. And that's kind of my thing is just kind of do it right. You know, but like I said, I think this is going to be Hawaii. As long as I get everything done the way I want to, I think Hawaii is going to be my last like double weekend for a while, yeah. you know, because I, I don't and want you should, to uh, schedule yourself a nice little uh, massage, you know, that, that following I week, you know, your second, the, 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 the week after the race, get yourself a nice hour long massage. And, uh, that, that definitely helps. I've been I've, doing a lot of massages lately and man, I tell you the recovery from the events has felt phenomenal. I've been scheduling the massage, yeah. like the, like a Tuesday after an event, you know, I got back from Montana and that Tuesday I had a, had a massage and, 
as painful as it was to get the massage, you know, to get all the, the knots out and whatnot, boy, it, I, I felt like a million bucks after that. It was, it was amazing. Oh, yeah. I know when I was running before and like, you know, every day and doing all that, I actually, I would treat myself to one massage a month at least. And now yep. I've been trying to, I found a great masseuse down here by where I live in Puyallup. And I've been trying to go to her about once a month or so and get a good massage. And she does really good work. So, yeah. So the massages I'm finding again are a good thing to help with the legs and they really help with my foot. Um, one thing that I, I think I mentioned before is my doctor thinks that part of my foot problem is less structure and more like less bone and more actual like muscle cramps that my foot has, was damaged so bad that it's same, not working like same it used foot to. that you broke the, right the foot that i shattered yeah the doctor thinks i'm having yeah. muscle cramps yeah. more than anything else trying to get used to you know the damage and it's just never been able to work so she's actually got me on some medicine to hopefully help with muscle cramps and try and make that less of a problem so we'll see there you go so, yeah, but we pro- should probably wrap this up because normally I try and go about an hour. We're about an hour and a half. So, well, you know, we're like we're like two yentles when we get together. We just start talking and talking and talking and <laughs> can't oh, yeah. ever shut us up. <laughs> no, yeah, it's awesome. But, no, so, man, it's I definitely always always more. awesome talking with you. So. Perfect. Well, thank you for being with me. Um, do you have anything you want to say to the listeners in closing? Any sage advice? Keep give cool, them? stay in school, don't do drugs. <laughs> Keep cool, stay in school, don't do drugs. Now, I, I, you know, hey, listen to the voice inside your head, you know, and do it. Do what you need to do to get done what you've got to get done. You're the only person that's going to yeah. hold yourself accountable. Nobody else will. Yeah. Nope, I agree. And that's been... That's been a big thing in my mind right now that I got to start doing is really holding myself accountable. So perfect. So, well, thank you again. And I guess I will talk to you later. All righty, my dude. Be good. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast brought to you by Beast OCR. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear. You can find us on Facebook or at BeastOCR.com.